This is Off the Red Carpet with George Pinocchio, sponsored by Mercedes-Benz. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Off the Red Carpet. Today's topic, Captain Marvel. The movie debuted with more than $150 million, and that was just domestically. This is Marvel's first female-driven storyline, and Oscar winner Brie Larson told me she had to train really hard for her highest-profile role to date. I have to say that there was one thing I really liked seeing the other day. You were at a press conference just talking about the movie, and there was (laughs) joy and wonderment on your face, and I thought... You knew you picked the right role for you, right? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It's just now at this point, I feel like I'm getting to talk about it more. I mean, this has been something that's been under wraps for like three years now. So I think I'm just happy to finally get it off my chest. (laughs) Okay. I love the poster. And I, I just I think it says a lot. When you look at that poster, do you see yourself or do you just see Captain Marvel or Carol Danvers I, yeah, I just see, I guess, Captain Marvel. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, I guess it's my face, but it's, I'm like, but my hair's on fire. I, you know, it's just all very weird. It's surreal. It feels like it's just a separate thing. <laughs> okay, I, I think that's okay. I think you, it's good it's, to separate. It's important. It's actually very important to my mental health that I feel separate from Captain Marvel. Sometimes you take a role in a movie, and it's taking a role in a movie. And other times it is a commitment that will last probably a lifetime. You've just entered that world. I mean, we'll see. It's. I mean, at this point, I'm just trying to like get through each day and not spoil the movie. I'm not sure about what the future holds. I think when when fans fans are very devoted, you know, to this universe, and if they feel the movie is good or the character is good, I think it's just solid gold. I mean, they appreciate being true to the character, and I know you did a lot of unusual research for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of aspects to her. So there was a lot of different things for me to explore, and I love pre-production. Prepping is my favorite part. So I prepped for nine months on this, which is, like, my ideal. I mean, if I could prep for a year, I would. I just love it so much. Okay. I like learning, so it's just fun to, like, lift the hood up and see, like, who this character is. So we went to the Nellis Air Force Base. I got to go up in an F-16. I got to talk with fighter pilots. got to have dinner with a lot of female fighter pilots. Um, I trained for, for nine months and got really strong learned martial arts, learned boxing, and then, like, read, like, all the comics, as many comics as I possibly could in about a three-year period. I think that's fantastic. You are good at hanging on to things, I realized. Wow. In the movie. I'm climbing. And I don't know if you're on rope the entire time somehow so you won't fall. Oh, because I'm hanging on the train? You're hanging on to a lot of things. I am hanging on to a lot of things. That's true. I didn't think about that. I mean, a lot of that stuff is wire-assisted because you – it's two seconds in the movie, really, but that means it's, like, almost a week of me hanging on the side of a train. So it's impossible for anybody to hang on the side of a train for a week, I think, except maybe Alex Connell. Maybe he could do it. I don't know. Okay, very good. All right. Uh, I like that you mentioned the range of the character because I think sometimes people hear the word Marvel or comic and they don't think necessarily in the depth of these things. And every time I see a Marvel movie, I walk out thinking, I can't believe how deep it was. Mm-hmm. And it's the same case here, but you recognize that immediately. Well, I think it's part of what what I am interested in and what Marvel is bringing to the table with this. I grew up loving fairy tales and myth, and this is contemporary myth. The reason why those stories work so well is because it taps into something deep inside of us that's, like, eternal. The part that is, like, it's what our parents went through, it's what our grandparents, what our great-great-grandparents went through. And that's what these films are. I mean, it might seem like it's just, like, aliens and explosions on the surface, but really when you get down to it, we're talking about, like, the human experience. That's undeniable. 
And, and the two cent question before I run out of time is everyone is talking about the first female superhero. I hate to even bring that up, but I know that it's something that people are happy to talk about. Just that mm -hmm. there's that female power, and that's cool. It is cool. I think it's cool for women and young girls to be able to see a female be strong in this way. And I also think it's really important for men to see a woman be strong in this way. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Captain Marvel also stars Samuel L. Jackson. He's returning to his role of Nick Fury. Of the 21 Marvel movies that have been released, we counted them up, and Jackson has appeared in nine so far. I've been talking to Sam for almost 30 years now, and he is always a fun interview. I believe that probably no one more than you loves how this movie begins, because it is a little love note, if you haven't seen it, to Stanley. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh, good. Not you? <laughs> well, of course I do. I know you do. Of course I do. I mean, everybody, we all love Stan. Um, like I, I, I say when when people ask me, what do you remember? I, say, I remember that, you know, Stan came to the premieres, and we didn't know, unless you were in the scene with him, you didn't know where he was in the movie. But it was almost like him coming to be in the playground with all of his friends. Like, I used to come out of the house and everybody had their little costumes on and we would pretend to be whatever. But him being inside a story that he wrote and finally having an opportunity to see himself in that world that he created and playing with, you know, his his imaginary friends that he created. This, um, just this, that first minute of the movie made me feel like it set the audience up to feel the right way as the movie began. So oh, okay. I like that a lot. Okay. Otherwise, the movie wouldn't have worked? No, what of course it would have worked, but we <laughs> felt good about it. I'm just kidding. I love the 90s references because it took okay. me back to all those things. Ah, that how much time were... did you spend in Blockbuster? <laughs> a lot of time. Okay. Yeah, a lot of time. Uh, but the idea that it's in a different zone, and I don't know how they do the movie magic because, honestly, if I look at your face, mm. it doesn't look like they had to do much to reverse any of the aging. Oh, so is that me. done in post? Thank is you. that done? Uh, yeah, they're doing it in post because when I'm shooting, I did have the wig on, and I had dots on my face. And there's a process called Lola. I'm not sure what they do. But I do know that they referenced some films that I did from that time. So when I look at it, I see you know Danny Roman's face from Negotiator. Wow. It's cool. It's very cool. Um, I wrote down, I want to know your relationship with the cat and or cats who are in this movie because it's a, th those are really cute moments. <laughs> mostly, well, mostly um, there, were, there were four, but the majority of the scenes were done with uh, Reggie. Reggie was the most accomplished of all the cats. <laughs> and uh, I think Reggie got more used to us than the rest of the cats did. They weren't as people friendly. They liked the handlers more than they liked us. And um, I'm not a cat person. I'm not a dog person either. I don't have pets. But, you know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that dynamic was good because, you know, they're snack-based. <laughs> so if they give you snacks, you, you uh, give them snacks, you talk to them in a calm voice so they recognize your voice. And Reggie worked on cue. You know, I put my hand out. He it's, it's good stuff there. Yeah. Um, I also wrote down that I like hearing you sing. We don't hear you sing a lot, but you've got some pipes. Stop. Yes. Uh, that's an easy song to sing, you know, and it's a great song. I love that song. Would you ever sing again? Well, like, would you ever consider, like, doing a full song? A full somewhere song? Somewhere? I've done songs. I've, I've, I've sung in movies. I, I did my own singing in Black Snake Moan. Okay. And I wrote and performed that song in Hitman's Bodyguard. 
okay. you uh, okay. nobody gets I'm, out alive. I'm, I'm and Brian, I did an episode of Carpool Karaoke that should okay, be coming. Okay, so you can sing, and you're gonna no, make, I cannot, okay. but I enjoy it. Um, Tony's giving me my 30 second rap, so I have time for this. I um, I like this new character that enters this world, and I feel like it's going to be a new adventure when you come back later this year as well. Oh, thank you. Right? I you hope don't, so. You're not going to give me anything there, right? There's nothing to give you. Yes, you do. No, yes, you no. Do. If I, because if I start, then red dots will show up on my shirt, and I'll die. <laughs> Jackson is reportedly set to return to his role of Fury in Avengers Endgame. We're going to see that movie in April, and then he's back as Nick in Spider-Man Far From Home. That's in July. Two other big names joined the Marvel Universe for Captain Marvel, Jude Law and Gemma Chan. One thing I wanted to know from these two was about the amount of commitment that's required when you decide to be part of this franchise. When you are involved in a Marvel picture, there is something that changes your world. People are going to forever remember it. There are these fans that will be with you till your dying day. Mm. So you have to understand what you're in for. Did you know what you were in for? Um, <laughs> that gosh was like, really? Well, <laughs> You're you dying, know, day. dying day. I'm beyond. You will be blue Apparently. and beautiful forever. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> no, nothing can really prepare you for it. And obviously, you know, it's 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 a whole amazing thing that you come into to do your little bit. And you know, it's exciting. It's a little bit daunting. Yeah. Well, when these movies do come out, there's always a character or two where you don't know what side of the fence they're on. That's you. <laughs> I don't know when to give anything away, and I won't, but uh, look at the smile just as you're like... <laughs> no, you kidding me? I've carried this secret this far. I haven't even told my family. Uh, yeah, it's really been quite extraordinary to, to behold. And I underestimated the curiosity and the detailed kind of... Uh, consideration put into trying to work out from the tiniest little nuance or crumb that they've been thrown through either a, 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 a photograph or still rather or um, uh, footage from the, from the trailers. Uh, I mean, if I'm honest, they're, they're, yeah. And the, the hardest thing, honestly, the hardest thing has been um, just checking every time I say anything, what I am and allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say. Mm. Um, I'm just, I'm just excited that there's such passion for the story, for the detail in the story. And yeah. yeah, who had to work out harder to be in shape for some of your more active scenes? Between us, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, the training. I always, I kind of train. I've, or I, it's just something I always do anyway. So for me, a lot of this was more choreography, and we were learning a, a particular style of fighting that I'd never done before. So I, I arrived about five or six weeks beforehand. Brie had already been there for like nine months, and that's not an exaggeration. So she was somewhat ahead of me. Catch up a bit. A little bit. I um, arrived thinking like, oh, I've got plenty of time, and Brie was already jumping off her head and doing high kicks. So most of my work was in choreography, but you mm. did a bunch, didn't you too, with with yeah. your with your weapon? I think She's one of the got great a in her hand. always a weapon. Mm. Um, no, one of the great things about you know our job is that you know if you can get to learn a new skill, something you, you would never normally do in your life um, as part of the job, that's the kind of bonus. Um, and I got to learn like lots of new skills. I I started doing kickboxing, boxing. I kind of went to sniper school to learn how to use all the different weapons and look like I hopefully look like I know what I'm doing with them. You do. Really so, know. 
you have beautiful skin. How long did it take to get back in oh, shape after you. you took all that blue off? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a whole process. It's a perfect shade. I think I still am. I'm still finding bits of blue and kind of hairline. Yeah. Um, no, it was a it was a four hour kind of hair and makeup job. We got an amazing hair and makeup team, and they you know they're brilliant. At what they're they do. artists. They are. They really are artists. Because yeah. it wasn't um, a case of just. You just sitting it, there being like sprayed, no, but I mean there was no, shading, such detail. beautiful um, shading, and it's and, so considered yeah. um, the detail in my braid and the yeah. metal woven through your hands um, too. You had all those kind of lines kind of on, yeah. yeah. That's it. it's all really considered, and yeah. Another newcomer to the Marvel world is British actress Lashana Lynch. She plays Captain Marvel's good friend and fellow fighter pilot Maria Rambo. I had an especially good time talking with her. I have to say, I love seeing your character. I loved seeing uh, the like this best friend who is so understanding and so believe believable of her friend. I think that's cool that there's not like what? Yeah. <laughs> Just for a moment. <laughs> You've been where? Doing what? Getting what powers? <laughs> yeah, she is very understanding. Very, very accepting of this this sudden new life that she has. But she missed her friend. Like imagine having a best friend and just being separated from them from them for years. It it's just you just want to reconnect with them in any way that you can. So if your un- your natural default is understanding, then that's going to cover all borders. Do you know what I mean? It's there's never going to be any time when you're like, but that thing? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, you've got powers now? Oh no, we don't want to know that. Like it's incredible. It's very exciting. I I want to know more about the character you play because she's seemingly. It's, Living in nowhere land, you know, with with her own <laughs> airplane area. She's living house. a chilled, humble life. <laughs> but really it's kind humble. of like I want to know more. I love the girl who plays your daughter. Oh, I know Akira. Akira yeah, but you Akira. had to help generate a relationship so that all felt real. What did you do to make that happen? You know what I did? I channeled every single single mother that I know, and brought their energy with me on set. And I wanted to represent them really, really truthfully. Um, and I wanted to give Akira that experience of like what a, what a set mum is. Like I wanted to be like the model set mum. I wanted it to have grounding in the household. I wanted there to be discipline. But I also wanted them to have like a friendship where she felt like as me, Lashana, she can come to me and ask questions. And she did. She asked tons of questions. And in return, I asked her questions because she's had some bright ideas on that set. She was like, I think we should just like maybe come into the scene and like hold hands. And I'm like, great, great, let's do that. I would never have thought of that because like you're brilliant. <laughs> I also want you to tell me what it's like when you hear that you're going to play a role and you know she's a badass. Do you immediately go to the gym? What happens when you have to get yourself in a new mindset? Immediately go to the gym. <laughs> I like ran to the gym. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did gym a lot. <laughs> I worked out a lot, but I also asked if I could meet some fighter pilots and I wanted them to be mothers I wanted them to be wives and I wanted them to be uh, women that uh, I would enjoy speaking to about their experience and I got that in bucket loads Um, they allowed me to fly their F-16 and it's really completely changed my life and I don't think I'd be able to have created Maria without that experience with them. Let's rewind for a minute. Yeah. You flew a plane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I was in an F-16 in in the actual sky, the sky that we know every day. I was just in there with them, just chilling, doing maneuvers and stuff. That's awesome. (laughs) I know. Okay, here's the question I'm conflicted about before I run out of time. On one hand, the people, the woman who wrote 
this Captain Marvel originally, hopes that there comes a day where we don't have to put the word female in front of superhero. But then there's all this talk about it being Marvel's first female superhero. Where are we in this discussion? I mean, it's important to note because we haven't had this before. And then it always needs to be a light shone on something that is is brand new to today's society. Sure. I think Anna Bowden is incredible. I think Brie Larson is incredible. And the fact that there's a director and a character that has never been seen in the MCU before absolutely needs to be celebrated. However, there needs to come a time (laughs) when we don't need to have this conversation, where it's just like, okay, so what do you play and how how was your experience? Do you know what I mean? And when we get to that time, it will just be so natural and so fruitful in the industry that it will be great. But for now, I'm absolutely willing to celebrate the fact that we have the first because the first is an exciting moment and we're creating hopefully a classic for the generation to come. I didn't have that experience when I was a child, so it feels really special to, to gift them this little moment that they're going to take on through the whole of their lives. It's going to change their whole mindset, just their whole approach to life. Captain Marvel was brought to life by the directing team of Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. They've been collaborating now for almost 14 years. They first gained Hollywood's attention in 2006. They had a film called Half Nelson, starring Ryan Gosling. Their venture into the Marvel world by far is their biggest and most mainstream project to date. When I sat down with these two, my first question was about some of the Captain Marvel locations. You had me looking all over the place because I do believe you were shooting in Southern California. I thought I noted North Hollywood. Am I right? And where else? <laughs> yes, you you got us. We were shooting in North Hollywood. We shot all over California, not not even just in the L.A. area. Where else did we shoot in L.A.? Well, we shot in downtown where yeah. there's uh, the car crash uh-huh. downtown. Um, we shot uh, oh, North well- Hollywood is the blockbuster for sure. And then how about like where the train the train was that we went back and forth on? That was um Oh yeah, El Segundo. El Segundo. And then we also shot in um in Shaver Lake, which is just north of Fresno in the mountains out there. And we shot uh Pyramid Lake. Pyramid Lake. And mm-hmm. how about the desert? Where was mm-hmm. that? We're it, not from it here. It was in a desert. <laughs> it was in a California desert. My intern picked up El Segundo, so I think that's great that she cool. saw that because I didn't catch that one. All right. Did you have a 90s party where you just got your friends together to say, we need references, or did that all come from your brains? Um, we don't want to age ourselves, but it might have come from our memories. Yeah, and not just ours, but like the the Marvel team, we would sit around and, and, and the it other writers. Nineties party where we would sit around and be like, you know, what, what do you remember from the nineties? And uh, sure enough, yeah, a lot of it's in the movie. Your stamp is all over this movie, and I love seeing that because the credits begin, and I lost track of how many times I saw your names mm. or at the end. I don't know if it's beginning or the end now, but so how many jobs did you each take on? Yeah. We were making snacks by the end of it. And, uh... <laughs> no, we just we just directed it and wrote it with with other people as well. Um, Geneva Robinson Dwarit, she was our uh, co-writer. She was part of our team. There were so many people who made this movie more than obviously more than any we've ever worked on before, and that contributed so much. And it was one of the great joys of making the film is just working with so many talented people. I thought I saw your names each at least three times. So. Maybe. I think three times, yeah. (laughs) When you make a movie like this, 
you have to be thinking the whole time. I'm guessing, at least if I was making it. Fans, fans, fans. Because they will tell you immediately if they don't like what they see or if they love what they see. So did the fans come into play as you were working on this? You know, we... we we, we tried to stay true to the character as much as we could. We tried to stay true to the comics, and and really, if we thought too much about every fan out there, we just know you're never gonna you're never gonna please every single one of them. So, we thought you know that's the way that we're gonna make them happy, and that's the pressure we felt is just to make that Carol core, the people that really love Carol Danvers, please them, make a movie that they can come out of being like, yeah, that's the Carol we know. And also try to remember, like try to stay present with what we were feeling and how we were experiencing it, because every single one of our movies, um, you know, are movies that we make because we want to see them, and this was no different. We had to make a movie that we wanted to see at the end of the day, so um, we just tried to kind of remind ourselves if we're feeling something, probably somebody else will be. I've got 30 seconds left to just, we have to discuss, as everyone has with you, I'm sure, being the first Marvel superhero director in the MCU, so... Does it feel different? Is there something special that I should know, that I should tell my viewers? Um, it, it doesn't feel different for me. I've always been a woman. Um, <laughs> and, it's great. It's really great. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, the only difference is, is that we need more, you know, women behind the camera, particularly of these, like, bigger films that have a wider-reaching audience so that it's not newsworthy anymore, you know? All right, we are not going to have to wait much longer for another Marvel installment. Avengers Endgame is set for release on April 26th, and it's directed by another duo, Joe and Anthony Russo. So we'll probably be bringing you another Off the Red Carpet podcast on that movie. But for now, thanks for joining us for this one. Bye, everyone.